0: Sometimes things are a little more important, but not not a ton more important than the Vikings for me I mean, it it sounds dumb, but you know, I mean we sort of Live and die with the team and that's what makes it so much fun. That's what makes us fans and and, um, I'm crazy a a crazy crazy uh, Vikings fan
1: Good evening, everyone, and welcome back. It's another episode of Skull Stories. I'm your host, Mike Wabsch. I'll come to you from TCO Studios at the TCO Performance Center in Eagan with a conversation tonight that you're going to like. You know who else is going to like it? Bumper to bumper producer Justin Gard. Because tonight's episode of Skull Stories features a former pro tennis player, so we check Guardsey's box. It features a former Minnesotan, so we check all of the listeners' boxes. And it's a huge Vikings fan, so we check the Skull Stories box. It's Marty Fish, a dear friend of the program. We chatted with him last week about his favorite team, the Minnesota Vikings, and life as a pro tennis player and as a tennis analyst. Here's our conversation with Marty Fish. (laughs) All right, Marty, you're back in Minnesota, which is, um, you know, your homeland. You uh, you spend a lot of your time in California, but here you are in Minnesota, getting ready to watch a big Vikings game. But you got here in an interesting way.
0: I did, yes. You got uh, here in a big timer way. Friends in high places. Uh huh. I've okay. got a buddy of mine. Uh, I play golf out at uh, where I live in L.A. Now. Mm-hmm. Um, I married a uh, woman from 90210. Okay. Uh, born and bred, and uh, I didn't have a chance. I didn't stand a chance to not uh, be out there paying. Right. Uh, what sixty uh, percent tax now? Mm-hmm. So um, I didn't stand county? a chance. But yeah, who's uh, fifty-eight to right. uh, But um, <laughs> so I play a lot of golf at a place called Bel Air Country Club, and okay. uh, Al Michaels is a, uh, a member as well, and we play a lot of golf together and tell a lot of football stories and stuff. And yep. he knows uh, obviously he knows how uh, uh, how much of a fan I am of the Vikings and. Uh, Uh, so, um, you know, whenever they play, I always say, Hey, are you going? When are you going? Are you coming back? When are you coming back? Kind of thing. Just so I kind of put on my radar and I can never really put it together. Mm -hmm. Never really works. Um, I actually had a a different trip plan where I was going to go down to Miami, uh, unrelated, just go down to Miami for work and then come back up on Sunday morning and then fly home with him. Um, and that, uh, fell through. So I, he shot him the text of, uh, when are you leaving? Yeah, And uh, got the uh, Friday morning, and it got the okay from the boss at home, and, and here yeah. we are. I mean, think about growing up in Minnesota
1: watching games and listening to Al Michaels, you know, do oh, games. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and not just Vikings games, but Monday Night F- Like, for me, growing up in the 80s and 90s, Al Michaels, Dan Dierdorf, uh, doing Monday night football and Frank Gifford, mm-hmm. like that was, that's awesome. And and now you have a relationship with them. You play yeah. golf with them. You know? And,
0: and the cool part is, you know, I mean, I, I, I played a sport, so I, you know, I, and, and sports is my life. It's been my life, um, forever since I can remember since I was a little kid, you know, I was born in Edina and, and, um, you know, the twins, I remember waking up every day, asking my dad if the twins won, because yeah. I had to go to bed before they were done. So, um, you know, throughout the summer. So, uh, you know, and when i um sports has always been on um at my house uh, uh, always been watching and been a part of it um you know so you know even now and growing up and, and and getting older um al michaels has always been um you know even now has been a part of that um a couple of different guys as well uh uh, Joe Buck yeah. um, is actually also a member at Bel Air Country Club. Oh, so is we he really? play, uh, go, They're in town now because he does the World Series stuff for the Dodgers, so they're mm-hmm. in town. Um, and so I've just be, kind of become friends with them, and I, I work with ESPN to so do some commentary for tennis and, and work with Chris Fowler, mm-hmm. um, who obviously is an incredible uh, play-by-play guy as well. So I've, I've been uh, very lucky to... Um, uh, strike up some friendships and get some yeah. good coaching uh, uh from some of those guys and, and but yeah I mean just you know growing up those you know kind of those those guys and those two guys have really been a huge part of it. Yeah,
1: I mean they're they're the voice of sports for for people in our era, you know. I mean yeah. that they they broadcast a Absolutely. bunch of stuff into your uh, into our homes. All right, so memories growing up in Edina as a sports yeah. fan. I mean yeah. the Vikings how how did the Vikings come into the picture? Were they were they early? Were they later on when you were growing up? No, no,
0: they were early. Yeah. It was early and often for sure. Uh, the, my first sports memory was had to do with the twins. Um, that was uh, you know the Metrodome, um, even even the Gophers. Um, you know playing in the Metrodome a long you know a long time ago. Um, uh, I, I you know it was easier because obviously it was in the summer and the weather was a little bit better for us. You know there yeah. were fewer and far between. Football games, obviously at home, you know, there's only so many, and um, so I, I don't remember that many of those, you know, before sort of, you know, six years old kind of thing. But I do remember the Twins a lot. Um, I'm a huge Twins fan. Um, yeah, uh, I watch. Uh, I probably still watch parts of 155 of the 162 games. Wow. Yeah. Um, so I, I watch a lot of baseball and, and know a lot of baseball, and um, yeah. So the Twins are. Uh, are, are certainly a, a close second to, uh, to the Vikings yeah. uh, in my heart. Yeah.
1: Um, when did you know, and I, <clears throat> I like to ask our guys this sometimes when I'm interviewing them when did you know that I'm, I'm pretty good at tennis? You know, because I mean, you're, yeah. you know, for folks who might be listening who aren't familiar with mm-hmm. maybe Marty Fish, the tennis player, I who mean, who could you, that be? Right, okay. I know. <laughs> but like, you, you played in majors, I mean, you were competing in, in mm-hmm. major championships. You know, yeah. So w- when for you was it like next, like I might have a chance to go? Uh,
0: 15 years old. You know, I, I, my dad was a teaching pro growing up. Uh, he went to the U.S. Open even before we were born. So um, he's a tennis fan. Um, he's been a tennis fan his whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, so tennis was always, I was always sort of pushed towards tennis. I played, uh, I played a lot of baseball, played a lot of golf, mm-hmm. um, competitive golf growing up uh, before the age of kind of – 14 years old. So, you know, 10 to 12 uh, I was, you know, I kind of excelled a little bit in baseball and golf, but uh, nothing like tennis and and I went to um I went to a, a, an academy when I was 15, my 10th grade um high school um called Saddlebrook Academy uh, across the state. I grew up in Vero Beach, Florida, um across the state in Tampa and um that was the first time that I was really able to play and practice every day all day working on my game, my fitness, you know, that kind of thing, where it was like I was playing players, you know, because I grew up in a small town um, in Florida, too. So, um, you know, there weren't very many tennis players there as well, especially that could beat me. Okay. Um, So so I went um, and went to a place where there were tons of people that could beat me um, and beat me up and down the court um, every day. And Mm -hmm. I got better and better and better and went from uh, probably top sort of 50 in the state of florida which isn't that bad because florida is probably the best state as far as tennis is concerned florida and california um i went from you know the top 50 in florida to you know the top sort of two or three in the country Mm -hmm. um in just that one year um and that was kind of the time when i you know, started playing, started playing some uh, international events as well. You know, there's a junior circuit, just like the professional circuit. So there's a junior U.S. Open, a junior Wimbledon, a junior French, you know, and I did all of those things when I was 17 years old. Um, And I was in the top sort of five in the world in that. Um, And college really never was an option for me because uh, the goal was to be a professional tennis player. And the only way to do that was to turn pro, mm-hmm. and uh, so instead of going to college, I went and uh, tried to, you know, tried to make it and give it, give it everything I had to uh, to play some of the, you know, sort of AAA single A and triple A events to get, you know, to get up there when I was 17. What do you remember about discussions
1: with your folks or with whoever your mentors were about school and tennis and school and the yeah. balance and all it's that?
0: It's tough, right? Um, look, my, like I, like I told you, my dad is a, was a huge tennis fan. Um, yeah. So he was, he was a part of, of obviously a major part of my success, but he was a part of my sort of journey because, um, of, of sticking with tennis and staying with tennis because of his love for the game. Um, if it were me, um, I, I probably enjoyed golf or baseball or even basketball. and that, that wouldn't have worked out at all. But yeah. the, maybe the other two more. Um, but I just excelled so much more, and he saw that. And mm-hmm. so he pushed me, uh, pushed me towards that a little bit more. Sometimes a little more than I wanted. Um, yeah. Uh, but uh, we, you know, we've uh, we have maintained a uh, you know a very close relationship throughout the years in tennis uh, yeah. because of that, um, because of his love of the game and my success. Um, that's been a, a really cool thing for a son to. You know, to kind of give a father uh, that that yeah. is a huge fan of it. Like I said, he was going to the U.S. Open even before I existed. So for him to be able to sit in my box at uh, in Arthur Ashe Stadium, playing in the <laughs> quarterfinals of a Grand Slam against uh, Rafael Nadal, amazing. Um, is a pretty cool thing to, uh, and I understood that. And a pretty cool thing to, you know, they sacrifice a lot. Obviously, yeah. every parent sacrifices a ton for their kids, uh, especially if they're very successful. Um, throughout the years so um to be able to give something like that back is uh, was a pretty cool thing for me yeah
1: a couple more on tennis before we move on to the vikings you win um six titles Mm -hmm. Uh, highest ranking was number seven i think right seven yep who's counting i am right (laughs) so am i um so i mean you play at a really high level but like what happens to all athletes father time wins right Mm -hmm. and so now you've you're doing broadcasting now Mm -hmm. how are you enjoying that I do, yeah.
0: Um, you know, look, it, it it sort of keeps you current um, in the sort of the state of tennis, keeps you yeah. um, still in the game. Um, there's, uh, I've, I've helped out with some coaching uh, with the USTA as well mm-hmm. with uh, some of the younger Americans. I really enjoy uh, – one of the um, uh, things I enjoy most uh, since retiring is helping some of those guys, uh, just helping, period. I mean, I love getting phone calls from the guys, hey, what do you think about this and that and the other – scheduling, uh, mentoring, stuff like that. I really enjoy that. Um, and, uh, you know, so apart from coaching and being out there, I don't want to be out there um, for 30 weeks a year anymore. Um, and so that kind of takes a full-time coaching job out of the equation. But um, uh, commentating, you know, I do I do the Grand Slams. ESPN has the Grand Slams. I do a few of the summer events as well. So it doesn't mm-hmm. keep me away too lo- too often. Um, from home, but when it does, it's uh, some of the bigger events, and it's um, it's nice to sort of uh, give my voice to a to this era um, and and understand uh, and give a, you know that sort of broadcast team a different yeah. view of of some of the players because most of these guys I've still played. I retired three years ago, so most of the guys I've I've played um, that mm-hmm. are still playing, and you know especially some of the top ones I've played you know, uh, Nadal and Federer and Djokovic and and all these guys, uh, uh, you know, 15 times or so and and obviously practice and and train with them a lot. So um, there's a lot of uh, uh, value um, uh, that I can kind of add uh, uh, with, um, you know, with the commentary that um, that, it's a lot of fun. All right, we're going to get into more Vikings
1: conversation with Marty Fish after the break. But first, join host Mike Musman along with Kevin McDermott at Eric the Red in Minneapolis on Thursday at 5.30 p.m. for a live broadcast of Vikings Country. You could win some great prizes, including tickets in the Miller Lite Lounge at U.S. Bank Stadium. Visit vikings.com slash vikingscountry for more info and a full schedule. And for more from Marty Fish, stay tuned. Hey, everyone, it's Wobby. You're listening to Skull Stories. Our conversation with Marty Fish continues in a minute. But first, the new Vikings Museum is a place for fans to experience the comprehensive history of the Minnesota Vikings. Through multiple interactive exhibits and hundreds of Vikings historical artifacts, this museum has something for every Vikings fan. To purchase tickets, visit Vikings.com museum. Sunday, Salute to Service game is presented by Polaris. You can help us support the real heroes our military veterans by donating $25 to receive a scolders t-shirt. Donations can be made online or at participating Polaris dealerships. Find out more at Vikings.com slash salute. All proceeds will benefit the Wounded Warriors Project. Let's continue our convo with Marty Fish right now.
0: Alright, who were some of your favorite Vikings when you were younger? Um let's see I mean I, Chris Carter was the, yeah. sort of the first one um, yeah. you know I remember when he caught his thousandth uh, or you know his, his hundredth touchdown you know he did the one zero zero in the corner in yeah. the end zone um, that was kind of the first uh, first memory um, and then you know I mean I it was obviously a huge fan sort of when we started having success in 98 99 that kind of season yep um, that was uh, uh, the one where uh, Gary Anderson missed the field goal. Yeah, I remember that one. Yep, that one. Yep. Um, and then, uh, you know, on to 2002 and that NFC Championship game and the blowout there. And then, um, you know, look, so I, as far as the players are concerned, you know, the first one that comes out, jumps out at me is Chris Carter. Yep. Um, you know, and then, and then just over the years I've learned how to – sort of create my my schedule and time around Sunday afternoons and right yeah. now for me Sunday mornings um, in LA and um, sort of figure out now it's getting a little bit trickier with the four-year-old boy that uh, yeah. plays baseball games on Sundays and yeah. um, using the TiVo and the in the pause button at times to be able to watch him uh, do his thing so sometimes things are a little more important but not not a ton more important than right. the Vikings for me. Uh, my wife, I've sort of trained her <laughs> in understanding, um, just how, um, just how much the Vikings are mm-hmm. mean to me and how important they are in my life. I mean, it, it sounds dumb, but, um, you know, I mean, we sort of live and die with, uh, yeah. with the team and that's yeah. what makes it so much fun. And that's what makes us fans. And, and, um, even though I played a sport at a high level, it doesn't, that doesn't take away a, a fandom of mine. No, and I, I uh, I'm crazy, a, a crazy, crazy right. uh, Vikings fan, Tweet T Wolves fan, and Twins fan right. for sure.
1: Well, and that's why you know you're back here in the building and you see Adam, Thielen, and Kyle, and you enjoy interacting with them. You know, not yeah. just because you know you you can level with them from an athlete's perspective, you know, but you're also a fan of the team, and here are two really good players on our team, yeah. and you get a chance to talk to. Well, them. Well, yeah, yeah,
0: first of all, it's really cool to be, you know, to sort of have that access, um, cause that's rare. Yeah. Um, and then, and then to be able, yeah, I mean, to be able to, you know, sort of strike up a friendship with some of those guys and be able to, um, have some, um, a th- something that is, um, equatable to them and, and, and relatable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was, you know, I text Rudy all the time asking him about, you know, after a game, you know, okay, so what do you, like, so do you get treatment? Do you do this that? Like, do you get a massage? No, you know, I'll do that tomorrow and I'll do this. And you know, I just, I'm, 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 uh, baffled by, not baffled, but I'm, I'm so intrigued by other athletes and how they prepare, um, and how they, uh, uh, sort of manage their bodies after, after games and, and matches and, 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 um, you know, I'm, I'm friends with a lot of the golfers that play a lot of golf and, you know, just sort of how they go about their business, uh, before and after. Um, uh, and, and it's interesting, you know, it's, it's so different, um, than it's similar and it's different. I mean, right. Like the golfers, they're, they're very different than, uh, tennis players in that, you know, how they sort of, you know, prepare. I mean, there, there's no, curfew for the golfers yeah. you know let's let's face yeah. it I mean they can come in the next morning and and you know they can eat anything the night before and drink anything the night before mm-hmm. and come in and maybe they may hung over they may shoot their best score of their life right um, I can't you know tennis players that's not even you know the, and, and kind of you know I look at soccer players and and how those guys um, train and and um you know look I selfishly and obviously I'm a little biased but I think tennis is the toughest sport in the world because of the physicality. Now we don't hit anybody, but we, um, as much as we have to be, look, every, every sport, you have to be good at your craft, right? You have to be really good. And then football, obviously physically, you have to be so good. It's gifted as well, physically gifted, um, and and work so hard on your body. Um, tennis players, we have to, not only do you have to obviously be good at tennis and figuring out, you know, at at such a high level, um, you have to be just as good or more or better at, at, Taking care of your body, preparing your body. Um, uh, I spent three hours a day when I was playing um, away from the court every single day, mm-hmm. whether it's uh, in the gym, whether it's on the massage table. And I'm not talking like a, just a kind of a, a nice little rub, a feel little feel good. good. Massage, I mean, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm 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 talking with like elbows into legs and yeah, yeah. and 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 backs and shoulders and things like that. So, um, you know, and then and then on top of it, where everything that we eat, everything has to be calculated or you're not getting the best of your, you know, out of yourself. So, um, you know, I, I think, you know, and then obviously we can talk about the mental side of, you know, leaving the locker room and tennis players are all by themselves. And, you know, there's no corner man, there's no caddy. Mm -hmm. Um, there's no timeouts. There's no teammate to, to, to slap it in and say your turn, bud. Um, it's all on us. And so, you know, that, um, obviously I'm biased in that regard, but it's, it's cool for me to be able to sort of hear those stories of how those guys prepare and, especially, you know, sort of post-games. It's always interesting because I, you know, after a match, after a long match, I would go, you know, right away um – onto the training table and get stretched ice, yeah. um, uh, sort of work on something that wasn't feeling good, then go to press, then eat something then, you know, all while, uh, you know, winning or losing, trying to prepare for the next, you know, yeah. sort of the next day and who you're going to play and things like that. So, um, it's always interesting and it's fun to, um, pick those guys brains for sure. Well, it's, um, it's, it's therapeutic for me also, uh,
1: to chat with you about the games like afterwards or yeah. in the middle of the week. Like that's how it, like, well, I
0: love the text. I get the, you know, the, the, the PA and Wabi um, get the text uh, uh, thoughts on game. I'll right. sit, I'll, I'll hang up and listen. Yep, That's always the text. And then uh, I get this full, you know, PA sends me this just a, uh, you know, the two liner. Uh, I think we play good, whatever uh, we stink. And then the Wabi is just the full, you know, breakdown of I feel like it comes from Coach Zimmer. I mean, it's like a full, you know, just the offensive line and each guy on the offensive, you know, this guy and that guy, this guy played well, that guy didn't play well. I mean, it's it's invaluable information that's coming out. It's crazy. uh, You're very
1: kind, but it's therapeutic. I mean, I know that you care. Yeah. So and so do I. I'm
0: gonna put it out on Twitter. I should. Yeah. And just right. show this yeah. is what this yeah. is how we played today. This is what I'm yeah. getting. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. You gotta be careful because if we do it after the wrong right. game, I'm gonna need a new
1: job. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know. But you care about it, you know, because like yeah. we're talking about it after the game, before the game, the week of the game, you know, and it's and you're talking about growing up in Minnesota and yeah. the you know Vi- Vikings football is you gotta train your spouse on what it's actually like. I mean, it's amazing. Well, look, how and I can how tell, it Grabs
0: you like. And that. I can tell. To a little bit of you know the Buffalo game, right? Oh, so I t- yeah. so just so everyone knows, I, I send the you know the normal text. <laughs> I don't get anything back on the Buffalo game, <laughs> and I'm, and I know that they're they're taking it harder than they should. And I also realize that it's professional sport, mm. and these guys are pros. And just because you think that you're better than someone doesn't mean anything on that day. And I've you know I've played. Um, plenty of matches over the years of my career where I was way better than someone Mm -hmm. and I just didn't show up that day for whatever Mm -hmm. reason my body didn't feel good and now look I mean there's 53 guys on a roster so it's a little bit different but in in a sense it's not because you're just not gonna play well every day and, uh, I could tell you guys took that one hard. Um, so I just, I sort of, you know, just kind of right. sat back and maybe, sent maybe I sent back something like, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're going to be fine. We're um, helping each other out. See, Yeah. And, yeah. uh, and you know, that stuff happens, you know, and, and, and. You don't want to – look, you don't want to peak. As Pete Sampras told me a long time ago, right yeah. when I came on tour, 2002, I told you this. I've, I've texted you this yeah. before. You cannot win the tournament in the first round. Right. But you can lose it. Yeah. That is such good advice. And so so don't – so my point – you know. so the, the point is don't worry about week two. Like we want to worry right. about mid-January. We don't right. want to peak in week two. Well, yeah, we right. want to peak in mid-January. That's so, what we're trying so to do. There you go. Yeah.
1: This was fun, man. Thanks
0: hey, for stepping in. Thanks for in. having me.
1: Yeah, man. This was uh, this was a lot of fun. Glad you're here. Enjoy the game. Yes. And I got uh, a big
0: Minnesota sports weekend. T wolves tonight. Wild tomorrow. That, Vikings Sunday. That's How good doing it? it get? Right.
1: Well, I mean, if you know, if you're gonna, you, you can tell Al, yeah, that you you came to Minnesota and you came for size. Oh I
0: mean, yeah. You know. <laughs> oh yeah. Taking advantage of your time, And here. then if and then a, a an NBC plane back home. Right. You know, Pretty good way to do all it. Good. All right, man. Thanks. See you, buddy.
1: Alright, that's going to do it for our conversation with Vikings fan and native Minnesotan Marty Fish. Our thanks to him for taking some time out of his schedule to join us for an episode of Scroll Stories. The Vikings have a game this Sunday. It's against the Detroit Lions at U.S. Bank Stadium. You know the Vikings have never defeated the Lions at U.S. Bank Stadium. No better time for it than this week. The boom will be Sunday at noon. You can hear The Vikings-Lions game right here on the Vikings Radio Network. Voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen, will bring you the action. Pete Bursich will be by his side in the Vox Box. Ben Lieber and Greg Coleman on the sidelines. The pregame show, hosted by Mike Musman, will begin at 10 a.m. That's it for Skull Stories. On behalf of Skull Stories producer Nate Vaughn, I'm your host, Wabi, signing off for now. Enjoy the rest of your week in Skull Vikings.